Okay, welcome back to Mon Men. I'm Yonato Blue here with. I'm Michael Darling. And today we have a fun filled episode for you. We're going through just two families of Pokemon today because it's a pretty loaded family, as we said on the last episode. We'll be going through the Pikachu and Sandshrew dual stage evolution families, and of course. We're coming for the king and we best not miss. It's the so, Pikachu episode, folks. Strap in. We have thoughts on the little mouse rodent bastard. So to start off this episode, we've got a couple new segments. Um, first up, we'll be joined by another Baloo this episode. My own mother has volunteered very gamely to be a part of a new recurring segment for the episode called Mon Mom. And darling, would you like to play a game? Do I have a choice? Nope, not at all. So This is like Saw, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is. God damn it. Yep, so guys, when I have a new co-host next episode, you'll know why. So to start things off, I sent my mother a picture of one of this week's Pokemon, so one of the four, and it was her job to describe the Pokemon and give it a name. So, darling, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. This looks like a cross between an armadillo and a Pomperanian dog, and I would call it or name it Spiky Pum. What was the name she gave for it? Spiky Pum. Spiky Palm. Well, there are only four options here, and only one of them is spiky. So I think it's going to be Sandslash. He got it, folks! So, do you know what your prize is this week, Mr. Darling? I get to survive? You get to survive and tell us your Pokemon news of the week. I feel like I was going to do that anyway, but... But now right. you're doing it with applaud. <laughs> so... <laughs> Don't patronize me. <laughs> So, uh, today's January 9th when we're recording it, just to take a little bit of the magic out of this. Uh, and I bring that up because right now it's London Fashion Week. And apparently, you know, this is now a fashion podcast. Bobby Abley, in his fall collection, revealed looks inspired by Pikachu, Squirtle, Charmander, and Mewtwo, including a Pokeball side bag that I would really love to have, but it's probably super expensive. Uh, and then the show also featured one of those giant Pikachu costume mascot guys, like on the runway, which I have a thing for seeing those in the wild. I find it hilarious because they're so oversized and cuddly and fat. Especially the videos of like 20 of them dancing yeah, at once. Those are instant good mood creators. If I watch one of those videos. My just... favorite was a group of them on a boat. <clears throat> I posted a tweet of that photo <laughs> with just a text support our troops. But yeah, of the photos from the Fashion Week that you sent, one of the uh, outfits was cut in the style of like, you know in bad futuristic movies when the world is kind of turned into this kind of like dystopian hellscape, kind of like 1984 and we're all wearing the same drab jumpsuit? It's that jumpsuit except it's jet black with flames and Charmanders on it. Yeah. And if that's the future Big Brother is promising, then I'm down. I like the pink kind of soccer jersey look that was Mewtwo inspired. That was neat. <laughs> yes, also good. The interesting thing about men's fashion shows is that with women's fashion shows, it's more like here's what we're doing with maybe a few outlandish things. Men's stuff is more like since men's fashion hasn't really evolved in the last 80 years or so, it's more just here's what we could do. Here's like how creative we are, even though we're going to make like the same kind of boxy suits. Yeah, I mean, the kind of advantageous and unfortunately imbalanced thing about men's fashion is that if you have anything in your wardrobe that is going out of style, hang on to it. It'll be back in style in like five years. Yeah. 
Or you can just say you're retro. That too. I mean, you know, we're not a fashion podcast, but what we are is a Pokemon podcast. A Pokemon podcast that is about to take on a king, the face of an empire. So we're going to start today with the Pikachu family. Yep. Right. Now, first to note, we're covering the Pokemon in order. So although we will be talking about Alolan forms, we're not talking about any pre-evolutions or future evolutions that show up in gener later generations. So today, no Pichu. We might talk about Pichu just a little bit because of mm -hmm. course. Uh, but it's just Pikachu. Pikachu. I don't know how to pronounce his name, apparently. It's only the most famous Pokemon. Don't ask. You know, Pikachu and Raichu will be focusing on in that family. We'll save Pichu for another, like, 20 episodes from now or something. Yeah, and I mean, so to start off with Pikachu, you know, we've talked a bit about how designs may have changed over years, and I think yes. Pikachu, this is a meme on the internet, we're not breaking any new ground here to point out that I think the Pikachu design has somehow gotten slimmer. Oh, very much so. Uh, uh, when the fourth Super Smash Brothers came out, someone put together a graphic of just, I mean, with all of the fighters in those games, you see the graphics of how they've evolved over the now 20 years of the Smash Brothers franchise. But with Pikachu, he's clearly gone from a like big, fat, cuddly, chonker, pillowy Pokemon to this thin, well, you know, not thin, but you know, very streamlined. Yeah, streamlined is a good word. I um, you know, the original original design of Pikachu, like the Pikachu that you saw in the strategy guides and the artwork for yeah. Pokemon Blue back on the Game Boy. That it basically looked like Eradicate with longer ears. It had but, the same yeah. body type, no neck, you know, no yeah, discernible shoulders. Yeah, it was just very, very much more. Uh, it was it was more bulbous. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of it, and as much as that is a big change that people have noted in its design, the sort of marvelous thing about Pikachu that I'm kind of astonished by because you don't see this kind of restraint in design and an evolution of a franchise like this. That as much as we give, you know, po we make fun of the Pokemon franchise for expanding from 150 to over 800 Pokemon, yep. you know, they have left Pikachu alone for the most part. Streamlined him, yes. Added a pre-evolution for the second generation game. Yes. But and otherwise... And he wasn't the only Pokemon to receive a pre-evolution, so... Exactly. And I'm using he here just because up until the fourth generation, there was no gender difference. Yeah, it was in the fourth generation that they introduced the female Pikachu with the little heart-shaped tail, which I think is adorable. Yeah. Uh, so first, a bit of background: Pikachu is an electric type, just pure electric, and mm -hmm. we encounter him at Viridian Forest initially. Yep. And it should be noted again because I like pointing out, you know, size and dimensions. Pikachu is about the same size as our Caterpie friend. He is about a foot tall, noted in the Pokedex. Um, so that's a pretty big mouse. Again, yeah. you know, we're dealing with another pretty big mouse. Um, we already talked through real world similarities in terms of mouse sizes and everything like that. Um, I just think the, uh, you know, the interesting thing about Pikachu's um, overall design also, if while we're, we're about to jump into the Alolan form once we start touching on Raichu, is that, again, the restraint that the designers and the game makers have shown, they did not give Pikachu an Alolan form even. Yeah, well, because it's so iconic. Like, yeah. you don't mess with the icon. Yeah, it's an enormous it's amount like, of restraint. I mean, they knew when to leave well enough alone, and that's an amount of restraint that we haven't seen from other icons. I mean, you know, the first thing I thought of today was Spider-Man. You know, how many times have we seen the Spider-Man, if you follow the comics anyway, how many times have we seen the Spider-Man costume rebooted? 
you know, and, you know, there was the Scarlet Spider, and we all make fun of the 90s clone Spider-Men that were, uh, you know, but there was still a core idea of what a Spider-Man and costume should entail. the black suit that was created just because the artist got tired of drawing all the lines, probably. Oh, yeah, that was, um, and then it got retrofitted into the whole symbiote thing. How many costumes are in the PS4 Spider-Man game? Just for curiosity. I think at this point with all the DLC, it's gotten up to somewhere in the upper 20s, if not 30. They very much streamlined Pikachu and, you know, created after, I can't recall when exactly the current Pikachu look went into effect, but they very much were like, this is the settled design that we're going to keep with. It's like any other major cartoon character that had like, you know, growing pains throughout their first couple of years or decades. Like mm -hmm. I mentioned Mickey Mouse earlier, uh, basically any major Disney or Looney Tunes character went through the same thing. Uh, even like, say, like the Peanuts gang. Oh, they yeah. looked off-model comparatively in their early years. Now we know what they look like just in the pop of our head. We know what Charlie Brown looks like. Oh, yeah, early years Bugs Bunny especially is just so much more rabbit-like. But, mm. you know, I feel like the Pikachu evolution, the slimming of Pikachu reflects that kind of was there a sense that this was going to be the face of this franchise, you know? I And I don't think there was that kind of intentionality. I think they were kind of caught off guard by it, but because they don't know what lightning in a bottle they caught with Pikachu, that's why they had the kind of, Yeah, that's, the, uh, that's why they had the, um, the restraint they have with not just blowing through and creating like mega evolutions for Pikachu because strangely enough, no mega evolutions to discuss today, folks. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. First episode without him? Yeah. Huh. And you know, I will kind of mention this because I have finally oh, no, started- last week we didn't have any, my bad. But... Yeah, but you know, I am gonna mention this because this, because as of uh, last episode's recording, I do finally have my Pokemon Let's Go Eevee game underway. Um, it is it is gonna be an interesting discussion in a few weeks when we talk about the fact that like, as far as faces of the franchise, it's Eevee that has now come up as kind of the counterpart to Pikachu. I wouldn't necessarily, I will not say that they're equivalent at all, but I will say that it is interesting. And you have an Eevee, which is, you know, again, in the counterpart dichotomy thing. Eevee has eight evolutions now. Yes. Um, technically nine, which we'll discuss in that episode. Um, I don't know what he's talking about, so I'm intrigued. But okay. Ah, that's called a teaser, folks. <laughs> Tune in. We'll see you in 10 episodes or something. I'm not sure how many now. But yeah, Pikachu's been left alone in a really interesting mm. way, except for the pre-evolution, which I will restrain my thoughts on until that episode, so there's another teaser mm. for you. But it really is remarkable to me. Yeah. Like, they have settled, like, this is Pikachu. Pikachu will be the thing that's in the Macy's parade on Thanksgiving Day. There's a Pikachu mm -hmm. holding a little snow Pikachu and as a balloon. Um, yeah, but they do give Pikachu, like, uh, constant special attention in the form of like it gets a game like it had the yellow version and now 20 years later it's getting the let's go Pikachu mm -hmm. uh, and I want to point out in yellow your rival had an Eevee so there you go so I'm playing as the rival yeah <laughs> you're the guy who we come up with the stupid name for I think at one point I named a rival like some guy oh cool yeah I um I way it's like some guy wants to battle yeah, for the podcast, in my game, I named my rival Your Dick. Um, so whenever he shows up, everybody says, hey, Your Dick is here. <laughs> I remember Baloo sent me a screenshot where he was in his rival's house, 
and he just looked at a bookshelf or something, and there was a picture of your dick. <laughs> so, continuing along, <laughs> I, um, Pikachu gets special attention uh, in that not just outside of the games, but inside the game, like it gets special moves. Like Volt Tackle is exclusive to the Pikachu line. In the remakes of Ruby and Sapphire, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, you encountered the cosplay Pikachu, which can take five different forms. Rockstar, Bell, Popstar, PhD, which is adorable. Mm -hmm. And they're all adorable, but that one especially, because it's got a little mortar board and weird little nerd glasses. Uh, and uh, most importantly, Pikachu Libre, which is a Lucha Libre Pikachu. And I want to point out that Cosplay Pikachu is a girl, so uh, Pikachu Libre is dressed in like a wrestling singlet with a mask and everything, and it's got its little heart-shaped tail, to the point that it's become so popular that in the newest Smash Brothers game, Pikachu Libre is an alternate costume for Pikachu, and you better believe that every time I play Pikachu, I am playing Pikachu Libre. As you should. So I want to point out here, you know, I think, um, to clarify my position on Pikachu, I love Pikachu. I'm not in love with Pikachu, if that makes sense. That's why I mean I, that's why I picked up Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, and the Eevee in that game is just the cutest damn thing. What was that tweet you sent me about uh, people who pick uh, Let's Go Pikachu versus people who pick Let's Go Eevee? Yeah. So the premise of the tweet is that you know you have two players each with the respective game and the let's go pikachu players are super bubbly and friendly and they're like oh my god that's so cool that you picked eevee it's so cute and everything and then the let's go eevee player it just responds with pikachu's a little bitch <laughs> <laughs> and i mean speaking of yeah. pikachu and again touching on the fact that we think that there is somewhat of a surprise that it became as popular as it did, and now the Pokemon franchise is defined by Pikachu Yellow as its base color. Yeah. Um, you know, we had the Rats episode already, and I remember growing up in New York, my dad always told me, in terms of like when I would try to play with squirrels in the park, he would always tell me, squirrels are just rats with better PR. And that's Pikachu right there. Pikachu is the example of it. Because we're dealing with the second of three mouse Pokemon that we're dealing with as of today. Yeah, the there are six mouse or rat-related Pokemon in the span of, what, eight, ten monsters? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we're, so we're looking at, you know, just speaking to my dad's wisdom. You know, we're looking at such a gulf of the popularity between this particular rat with its fuzzy tail or its lightning bolt shaped tail mm -hmm. as opposed to squirrels when all really they're all rodents i mean yeah. there is you know in terms of animals and in terms of danger there's no difference between a rat and a squirrel in terms of the potential that they carry when we see them in the park but we're scared of a rat <laughs> but we think a squirrel is cute um, and that is because squirrels are cute and pikachu is cute i will admit that but yeah very much so it's just you know it's just that perfect confluence of it being the star of the show um and you know i wonder if there wasn't like a jesse breaking bad thing with pikachu that they kind of pulled back from in the last minute have you heard this where jesse, oh, yeah, jesse was supposed to die in the first season yeah he was supposed to die in episode six well, i think uh he got saved by the writer's strike mm -hmm. like i think the show only did like the first five or six episodes and then the writer's strike happened and so they released like that first shorter season and 
they saw what a reception Jesse Pinkman had that they were like, they have, we have to keep him. Yeah, apparently uh, Aaron Paul, the actor who played Jesse, found out about this a year later. He didn't know he was supposed to die. <laughs> and when Vince Gilligan just dropped that knowledge casually, he was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> so, Vince Gilligan looks like a gym leader. I mean, you got a drama badge from him, wouldn't you? If you a beat him. Drama badge. <laughs> <laughs> He's just got poison types. Okay, well, yeah. you know, Pikachu being what he is, I appreciate him. I love him, or I love it. Um, you know, I, I, darling, you have any closing thoughts on Pikachu from well, a design standpoint for us? I mean, not so much from a design standpoint. Like, I think it's a solid design. I prefer my, like, big mega chomper, like, oh, Lord, he coming Pikachu. Mm -hmm. uh, just like, you know. Give me that fat boy any day. Uh, but one of my favorite things that I found when I was researching on Bulbapedia was this, which is just, I collect funny sentences on Wikipedia, so this one is very much in my wheelhouse. But from Bulbapedia, Pikachu somehow manages, just I want to enjoy that somehow. word, <laughs> somehow manages to find its way into many of the expansions, causing there to be 151 known non-reprint Pokemon cards featuring Pikachu. So I'm just, I love that the uh, Bulbapedia writers, editors are a little bit incredulous about the fact that Pikachu somehow manages <laughs> to constantly get new cards as if it weren't the face of the franchise. I'd understand if it were like, you know, Miss Grievous is somehow getting new cards every other expansion, but it's Pikachu. Or it's the some, mascot. Or some other super forgetful Pokemon like, I don't know, Duck with Stick. <laughs> You mean Farfetch? Duck with stick? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> All right, so this is another unique day in terms of a first for us in the uh, Pokedex. This is the first Pokemon that we've dealt with that needs a stone to evolve. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a segue uh, into Raichu. Well, about that, I think that's just, I don't know if that was intentional or just a fun, <clears throat> clever twist that happened. Like, the fact that Pikachu needs a stone to evolve allowed them to do the yellow version where Pikachu doesn't evolve. Hmm. Like, it's not so much like it would go to level 40, let's say, and it becomes hmm. Raichu. We need that stone. And in yellow, if you try to use the Thunderstone on Pikachu, it's just like Pikachu doesn't want to evolve. Yeah, I feel like there's... Um... I feel like there's something, you know, very reflective again of the show, and yellow being the mirror to the show. Um, I think they might have just created that as kind of a narrative loophole to give Pikachu the option the Thunderstone? In, in the Lieutenant Surge episode where he mm -hmm. doesn't evolve of his own accord like he doesn't evolve of you know a natural state of living it's a choice um, and you know since we're diving into Raichu and talking about it you know I do want to reference that Lieutenant Surge gym battle pair of episodes yes. because they're, it's a two-parter where Ash loses to Lieutenant Surge and Pikachu's in the hospital and like you know, not just the poke center but the hospital yeah he's in a bed he's got like a little pokemon bed he's got like bandages on it's not just nurse joy taking your pokemon and putting them in a little thing and saying they're fine <laughs> it's it's a straight up dramatic setup and i've got to say will this be the episode that pikachu dies yeah and they you know they turn it so they have that to have that narrative moment of should i evolve my pikachu into a raichu to be able to compete with lieutenant surge's raichu you know i think that there is no narrative question if it isn't a stone that they have to choose to use. Yeah. 
Um, otherwise, it's Ash actually having to be a big boy and train his goddamn Pikachu, <laughs> which he, as we pointed out in the past episode, he never fucking does. <laughs> um, Pikachu trains him, if anything. But yeah, I did want to mention that, like, you know, as far as episodes that really stick with me, somehow having Pikachu give a really passionate speech about how he wants to keep fighting and that he believes in them and all these other inspirational things that I can't quite parse out because he's just saying it through Pika 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 over and over again. It reminded me of that episode of The Wire where the, the two detectives, Bunk and uh, and Dominic's character are just going McNulty. in- McNulty. McNulty. Yeah. God. And they're- He's like the protagonist below. Yeah. Well, he was kind of an asshole. <laughs> and I and I mainly I mainly uh, I mainly followed everybody else. Um, cuz I mean his arc was just very All right, so we're turning this into a wire podcast. Back from it. And a that... fashion podcast. Yeah, so Fashion and the Wire. Welcome to Mon Men. Um, <laughs> but there's this one scene where they're doing a crime scene investigation and the entire scene, I think maybe 2 minutes, they're just saying the word fuck in every possible way. Fuck, be fuck, 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 fuck. And it's brilliant. Yeah. It um, works so well. I don't know how it translates to just the audio, but it works so well in the context of the episode. And somehow with the Lieutenant Surge episode, that's a uh, that's the equivalent of it with the sounds Pika and Chew. See, I agree, but on Christmas Eve, I decided to watch the Star Wars Holiday Special, which was a mistake. Don't do it. Don't do it. There is a 10-minute sequence which is just with Chewbacca's family, growling at each other, doing the Wookiee thing, without subtitles. This aired on network television. Well, because network television is just a major marketplace of true art and ideas. <laughs> I mean, Unbesmirched I, by capitalism and the need to advertise and push products at us. I mean, I do find it funny that both Twin Peaks and Full House were airing on the same network at the same time. Mm -hmm. But that's a tale for another podcast. Of Welcome course. to Mon Man, a podcast about Twin Peaks, The Wire, and fashion. Getting back to Raichu, I've actually, oh, yeah. I've always actually really loved Raichu's design. I just think it's such a cool, like, logical yet original oh, yeah. switch from Pikachu. Like, Pikachu has, like, these short, stumpy legs. And then Raichu gets these, like, these legs that are very much inspired by a kangaroo rat. Um, it gets this cool, like, sort of... Dobermanish, like spiky ear thing yeah, going on. Yeah, with like weird curves going on also. Like yep. it's got those little, yeah, this... I don't know what to call it, but the little like curvy kind of streamline uh, thing that's coming off the ear mm -hmm. that I love so much. And the yeah. tail. The tail's and, awesome. And I think the color scheme is so much more interesting mm. while only being subtly different from Pikachu's with, you know, the black, the yellow, and the orange accentures yes. and things like that. And the power line tail. Yeah, the lightning bolt tail, yeah. yeah. It's a great design. Like, uh, my first exposure to it was that holographic Raichu card from the base set of the Pokemon card game. And that one's just great because it's the Ken Sugimori design. It's just kind of jumping a little bit and it's got the hollow foil behind it. Like, it's everything you would want mm -hmm. from that. And it's just like, oh, you're awesome looking. Your child is stupid, though. Yeah, and you know, okay, for Raichu, I don't hate Pikachu. I want to make that clear. Yeah, for Raichu, but I'm actually really in love with Raichu. I think it's just kind of unfortunate that it is blocked by that Thunderstone evolution. And I mean, in terms of the original generation of the Pokemon game, 
I don't, I can't, I feel like Thunderstones were at kind of a premium. Like, you couldn't find too many of them in the game. I knew you could buy all of the Evolution Stones in Celadon. But again, I talked through the fact that in the original generation, there was definitely, unless you're using Meowth's payday to try yeah. to farm money, you're definitely at, like, a limitation of how much money you can have in that game. Yeah. Within reason. Yeah, you have to just keep battling the Elite Four if you need to get cash. Like, yeah. that's all you can do. And so... And so for the most part, like, unless you're willing to grind that out, like, you had to be sparing with your Thunderstones. And so Raichu was one of those kind of like, do I really want to Raichu? I did. I really wanted yeah. Raichu. Yeah. Well, like, you only get one Eevee, right? No, so in no. the original, well, in yeah, the original generation remember. Pokemon, Eevee was yeah. a regular Pokemon. And this, oh, you yeah. talk about a Pokemon that has had a meteoric rise in popularity, and mm. we'll get to this in that episode. You know, Pikachu, we're talking about the fact that Pikachu is a surprising growth and popularity but clearly it was front and center in the first episode of the anime tv show you know it was a prominent pokemon from the start it was put out there yeah i um, really want to know like when they decided that this was the mascot because like Rhydon was the first one designed mm -hmm. and that's clearly not anywhere near like mascot level yeah and then on the other hand like you know you have we kind of talked about butterfree and the fact that butterfree was a part of ash's um you know, main party for the first season of the show or so until he gave it up. Um, it was designed to be as cute as a bug can possibly be. Oh, yeah. And somehow, it's not that popular. Nobody really... People can recognize a Butterfree for sure, but I don't think it's had the cultural penetration that Pikachu has. Well, because also it doesn't really have anything interesting going for it. It's just a cute butterfly. Like... Yeah. Anyone could create that. Pikachu is its own distinct thing, where it's a mouse, but it's also very different looking. Yeah, like, but then... You don't see animals with a yellow color, like that yellow especially, in nature. Yeah, but another teaser for a future episode, you know, Eevee, on the other hand, had an episode in the, in the first season of the show, just mm. like every Pokemon mm. had their Pokemon of the Week episode. Um, and Eevee was just another Pokemon of the Week. Um, and it was just meant to point out that this is the one Pokemon that can evolve into one of three different, at the time, mm. evolutions, <laughs> if depending on the stone you use. Um, and so that was the other choice. Do I use my Thunderstone for a Raichu, or do I use it for a Jolteon? And, you know... Oh no, you could only get... Well, yeah, sorry, I agree with that, but... Yeah, you could only get Eevee in Gen 1 from a guy at Celadon Mansion. So yeah, oh, with okay. Eevee, you had a solid, like a hard choice like is it going to be Vaporeon Jolteon or Flareon like you mm -hmm. had to choose one of those three you didn't have the wide range that you have now where you can be like I'm going to this area and I'm just going to farm Eevee so I can get all mm -hmm. of the Eevee Lucians yeah but I feel like Eevee on the other hand like it very much became its rise in popularity is definitely much more startling than Pikachu's oh yeah in my opinion but to get to Raichu, I think uh, one thing we have to touch on with Raichu before we move on to the Sandy Pokemon and some Icy Pokemon too, yeah. is uh, the fact that there is a forgotten third stage evolution yeah. for Raichu. Yeah, Gorochu, which we only found out about, I think, last year was when the word got out. They were originally going to have Pikachu be a three stage evolution, which in the end wound up being, but not this way. Uh, they were going to have Pikachu, Raichu, and then Gorochu, which was going to have, like, fangs and, I think, pointy horns as well. Uh, but they decided not to do that for, you know, balancing all the monsters out. But that's just fascinating to know that 
they had considered it, especially because there is no three-stage electric evolution line in Gen 1, when most of the other types do have like a three-stager. Yeah, and I want to point out that you mentioned that it's a matter of balance, and they felt that giving a mouse a third evolution <laughs> to turn it into what is essentially a jackalope, that that was better, yeah. that they needed to balance that and not make a jackalope in the face of a franchise that now has literal god amongst its Pokedex. <laughs> god, a jackalope Pokemon would be great. I'm surprised they haven't done that. I, I think that's what Gorotru was supposed to be. I mean, you look at the elongated ears that Raichu gets, mm. it's much more rabbit-like. Yeah. Well, I guess, Pikachu is a little bit rabbity also. Yeah. And I mean, we're going to get to some other supposed rabbit Pokemon next week, folks. This is just the teaser episode. Oh, God, the Nidorans. That's, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, oh, one other thing before we move on. We also have to talk about the Alolan form. Mm -hmm. uh, but first... Like, Pikachu is the first of a archetype of Pokemon that we'll see throughout every generation where we get, will get an electric rodent. Mm -hmm. So we've got Pikachu, obviously, Pichu in Gen 2, but then you get stuff like Pachurisu in Gen 4, um, uh, Plusil and Minun in Gen 3, and I'm blanking on the other ones, but there are always mm -hmm. a new electric rodent in every generation. Yeah, and again, I'd like to reiterate something that I glossed on earlier, is that there is no Alolan form of Pikachu, but Pikachu evolves into an Alolan Raichu form. Yes. If evolved in the Alola region. Yes. Um, and the Alolan Raichu, I mean, it's the only electric psychic type available, which is an interesting factoid that that's the only particular dual type electric psychic. Um, I think most of the new Alolans they added were the first of their combination. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's really interesting to me. I mean, the Alolan Raichu, I just think it's, you know, it's improving on, it's somehow improved on something in a different way. Yeah. Um, then we were, you've heard, we're already fans of the Raichu design. The Alolan Raichu is just cute as can be. Yeah, I love that it's standing on its own tail and just... It's using its psychic powers yeah. to float. Floating in the air. Yeah, on its own tail. Yeah. Essentially, um, uh, the Pokedex claims that Alolan Raichu got that way from eating fluffy Alolan pancakes, which I just think is adorable. That that's a, yeah, that that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so, you know, I, th I, I, you know, I hazard, to, I hazard to guess that an electric psychic type in the first generation would just be completely overpowered. God, well, psychics were overpowered in Gen 1 yeah. to begin with, so... And you add a dual type onto that. Ugh. You know, there were so few dual types of uh, the psychic variety back then. Um, but moving on to Sandshrew. Yeah. Sandshrew, you know, I haven't touched... I, I mentioned the kangaroo rat as far as uh, Raichu's design, his elongated uh, legs and everything like that, mm. but what... I've got some really fun stuff as far as real-world parallels <laughs> here for the Sandshrew yeah. family. Well, Sandshrew is a ground type, first encountered in blue only, I want to point out, not in red version, uh, and it's in Route 4. Interestingly, this exclusivity is mirrored in Sun and Moon, where the Alolan Sandshrew, which we'll get to in a moment, which is Ice and Steel, uh, it's exclusive to the Moon version and Ultra Moon. Interesting. That's a that's a cool parallel sort of callback of sorts. I think, you know. So Sandshrew again. We you know I didn't harp too long on the sizes this week because last uh, when we talked about the other rat family, you know, we talked about foot long rat, not a big deal. Pikachu, um, <laughs> two foot long rodent, not a big deal. We have a Guti, we have Copybaras and yes. things like that. Um, 
but you know, I think more so than just the size, sand shrew obviously harkens to an armadillo or a pangolin, and I just think those are just or a shrew or a shrew, a sand shrew, if you will. Yeah, but I mean, I think that they, I think the armadillo thing because of the ball thing. Oh yeah, like, that's definitely. that's what I mean. Yeah, like you know, you think of the sand shrew, every single image of it has it kind of like hearkening to that ball shape. But no, I absolutely agree. With, I absolutely yeah. The shrew is a very tiny little rodent. Um, but, you know, pangolin, if you haven't seen a pangolin, uh, again, links will be included in the uh, show notes. Look them up. Gorgeous creatures. Very, uh, very interesting. Um, but the other thing, of course, because of the rolling feature is armadillos. Yeah. And so, again, speaking to a two-foot-tall rodent, again, this, you know, we've already pointed out capybaras and things like that, but there's some interesting parallels in terms of the armadillos and just like with Ekans we're actually seeing a certain amount of restraint on the part of the designers and their data that they provide us on this two foot tall ground based shrew which is that you know you have armadillos species of armadillos that are only six inches long the pink fairy armadillo the average armadillo that we maybe picture kind of ambling through the desert and say a scene in Rango is going to be about 30 inches, so that's pretty on par with the size of a sand shrew. I'm just glad you threw in a Rango reference here. Hey, we've got it all. <laughs> <laughs> the Wire, Rango, Fashion. We're the podcast that serves everybody but Pokemon first and foremost. <laughs> um, but here's something I did not know existed until I had to research for this show. There is a giant armadillo species that gets to be up to five feet long. That, that is, is terrifying. That is a Michael Darling-sized armadillo, folks. I am five foot eleven. Thank you very much. <laughs> I have eleven inches on that armadillo. I could punch it and still run away. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so send us your uh, thoughts on who you think would win in a fight between giant armadillo and Michael Darling for next episode. This is saw, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I don't really have anything to say about classic Sand Shrew. I think it's a cute Pokemon. It's got a great little, you know, like adorable design. It's got mm -hmm. one of those faces where I just look at it and go like, okay, you're sweet. Uh, but I really have nothing else to add about the classic design. It's one of those I look at and I'm like, okay, cool, that's fine. However, I am in love with Alolan Sand Shrew. Oh, that guy is adorable. The little igloo-style yes, ears. Yeah. Yep. It's wearing an igloo parka. It's wearing an igloo parka. And I think the, I think the surprising thing is that they have a real-world environmental explanation for how this sand shrew evolved because of environmental conditions on its region in Alola into an ice form from a ground form. Yeah. Um, and that's just... it. Again, we touched on this with the... Uh, with the young geese and the Radic and the Radita episode, that yes. there are these that we started, especially in later generations, seeing these sort of real-world, thoughtful uh, implications of how Pokemon became the way they have. And Sandshrew is one of those cases where, because of geographic movement and things like that, it had to migrate to um, the icier region, the snowier yeah. climates, and then adapt and eventually change type to an ice and steel type. I just love Alolan Sandshrew. It's just so adorable. I have, like, nothing else to add other than it's adorable because it's wearing an igloo parka. I know I've said that twice before already, but I need to stress that point. Igloo parka, folks. That so, said, I do have one problem with it. 
The name Sandshrew makes no sense for the Alolan version because there is no sand involved. It is Absolutely. ice shrew. I mean, I think that's uh, that's a little bit of, I don't know, dominating culture over the Alolan <laughs> islands <laughs> that, you know, clearly Kanto and Johto are the predominant cultures. Hmm. Um, and that, you know, just like, uh, you know, we have an, have an Anglo-centric view of history, we have a Kanto-centric view of Pokemon. Where it's a sand shrew to us, guess what? It's a sand shrew to you. It's not an ice shrew. It's not a steel shrew or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. You cut that nonsense out. <laughs> yeah. Also, the Alolan sand shrew and sand slash, they are four times weak to fighting, which is a problem if you're going to take on any fighting trainer. But other than that, perfect Pokemon. But I mean, aside from like the archetype trainers, I can't imagine... Is that you know? I'd be interested to know in terms of like the professional and competitive Pokemon fighting community how often people really use fighting types, because I feel like it's a type with like the ROI on that type is just so limited unless it's a dual type. Hmm. Um, and we'll get to some fighting dual types because there are some really interesting fighting dual types. But yes. again, I'll have to do the uh, the type chart management thing. Um, yeah. Well, because like basic fighting, its only weaknesses are psychic and fairy. So. Yeah, that gives you a lot to do. Like, they, I think they added, oh, sorry, and flying. They added fairy just so it would have another weakness. It's also completely ineffective against ghosts because ghosts do not take any damage from fighting attacks. But still, like, only three weaknesses. And I think it's a pretty good type, which I've typically had at least one fighting Pokemon in almost every run I've done of a Pokemon game. But we're getting ahead of ourselves because we're still on the Sandshrew line. <laughs> And I just want to point out that I'm resisting the urge to edit in a sample from Darude Sandstorm because apparently that is what uh, Sandslash was originally known as. Okay, so it is time for Mon Mods, which again is the segment where we talk about the Pokemon of the day and what, if anything, one change we could make to the family, to the typing, to the design, anything we would change that we think could improve the Pokemon. This is a hard one for me, because, like, we've only got four monsters, so that already limits our options. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I guess maybe I would keep Fat Pikachu as the standard, but other than that, I can't really think of anything for these Pokemon, especially because the Sands, like, the other three have all been changed in that they've gotten those Alolan forms. Like, I really can't think of anything else to do with these ones. Like, we've got... Raichu, which both of those forms, perfect as is. Sandshrew, I've already made my feelings clear about Igloo Boy. Uh, and the regular one is like, it's a solid design. It doesn't do much for me, mm -hmm. but it's a solid design. As is Sandslash. Sandslash so, looks properly frightening. So for but, my Mon Mod of Sandshrew, speaking to the fact that Sandshrew's original design doesn't do much for you, okay, I, I would modify so. the original Sandshrew design. Because I, again, I recognizing that Pikachu is kind of an unexpectedly popular thing, and it became only more popular the slimmer and more streamlined it got, give Sandshrew the same treatment, you know? Sandshrew is kind of like a little, just as wide as he is tall chode of a little shrewy Pokemon. I would say I, give him... I never him... thought I'd hear Chode used to describe a Pokemon. That is... I, think... I can't tell if this is a new low or what. I mean, are you just surprised at doing this podcast with me that it took this many episodes or this few? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I would redesign Sandra. I'd give him the slimmed down Pikachu diet. And I think that honestly would help the design a little hmm. bit in terms of like 
you know, people want to feel like he's a fun buddy as opposed to like this little like chompy thing. I think that helped Pikachu. I think it might help Sandshrew too. See, here's the thing though, is that I kind of like him as this just like their kind of cute, fat, chibi thing because it makes sense for its ability to just do rollout, I think. So it I, makes sense for the rolling to me that it is like this round in every way kind of Pokemon. Yeah, I think if we could have one of those special episodes where we could hear Sandshrew speaking in like an English voice dub over, Sandshrew would sound like the teenager bully from a Brooklyn period piece. <laughs> You'd just be talking about Dems and Doe's like this. I expected more like the guy who just sits on the couch and he's cool, but he doesn't do much else. See, I think you're proving my point here. So I'm sticking with my Mon Mod for a Sandshrew streamline. Okay. Um, and that takes us into Mon's world. Where do we think they would be in the world other than Brooklyn? <laughs> Those are our options, Brooklyn or other. Brooklyn or other. <laughs> The world, you know, I love do I love those people who break everything down into there are two kinds of this. Well, guess what? There are two places for Pokemon to be today, Brooklyn or other. And you know, there are two kinds of people. People who divide people into two different kinds of people and everyone else. Yep. And I think that Pikachu would absolutely be in Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm playing by the rules I've set. <laughs> Sorry. I just did a, like, weird turn my head and just blink in confusion thing. So, Explain. Um, I just think that in terms of... So in the TV show, we actually see that Pikachu are used to generate power. Yeah. And I just think that in terms of early establishment of needing massive amounts of power, the potential for rodent problems in early 20th century Brooklyn and New York City, you'd probably have an abundance of Pikachu running around as pests that would very quickly have been converted to early power sources that the city probably hasn't yet weaned itself off of, much as we are trying to currently wean ourselves off of other older dying forms of power and energy sources. Oh my god, can you imagine if New York ran on rot power? Yeah, I just want to point out the look on Darling's face as I actually explained that with historical context was just almost as good as sex. <laughs> <laughs> but it's my achievement of the day, folks. Um, so that's my Mon's world um, for Pikachu and Raichu, incidentally, because Raichu is just the rat version to Pikachu's mouse. Well, as I fell in a sinkhole on the way over here, but that's a story for another time. Uh, I think that the Sandshrew line would be great for construction. Like, you need to dig those underground parking lots or something, mm -hmm. get a sand slash. Clearing out dirt. Clearing out dirt for foundations and things like yeah. that. Yeah, I can see that, actually. Yeah. Construction companies would probably uh, use them pretty effectively yeah. um, okay so the next stage after Mon's world is Mon Appetit like my personal recommendation so darling which of today's Pokemon would you eat and how would you want them served again this is hard since there are only four mm -hmm. it's weird eating Pikachu just seems wrong doesn't it like it seems a little wrong well, I, I will say why, that you have but... you do have an easier time today, though, because there are only four Pokemon. None of them are poisonous today. Yes, which has Although, been a problem. Yeah, and we do get these Alolan Alolan variants. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe I think Alolan Raichu because you know it's absorbing all that fluffy pancake stuff. I'm sure it's probably got some like maple syrup going on in its veins. Well, how do you want to eat it? Like, how are you just gonna roast them? You gonna roast a pancake? We are sick people, you know that? <laughs> I don't know, maybe just bake it. I feel like you have to bake a Raichu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But 
Okay, well, yeah. I came ready for this one. This is, I'm actually going to breach a little bit of decorum. Darling's going to be mad at me in about 10 seconds when I say this. I'm going to go for a dessert with sand slash sickles of the Alolan variety. It was five seconds, and I'm more, like, angry that I didn't think of that joke. <laughs> so, yeah, so there you have it, folks. That's our that's Mon Appetit. steel, though. Like, but I feel like it still works as, like, a liquor. To be fair, you mean liquor like licking with your tongue and not an alcohol, God. or...? Darling. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm talking about like, you know, like for licking, like I may not be able to bite into it like I would most popsicles, but I feel like slash slash quills could work as a popsicle. <laughs> a Lolan variety, of course. Oh my God, I'd love that if that were in the lore, like, because they mention that classic sand slashes uh, quills will fall off sometimes. Like what if a Lolan kids just lick like fallen a Lolan sand slash sticks? I wish the Pokedex entry had something to just throw off Professor Oak, like you're saying about these dippy 11-year-olds yeah. running around and just giving him the most bullshit data for his Pokedex. It's like, oh, these quills are hard as steel. I broke my teeth biting into them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Professor Oak contacts his trainer like, are you biting random pieces of Pokemon that you find? No, it was actually my Metapod. Somehow it was able to break through my Metapod shell, which is also hard as steel. So <laughs> now we know. I love that every ghost type entry is like some creepy pasta. It's so good. Can you imagine if the Pokedex had cooking instructions for each one? Just like, oh you know, my god. The Donner Party option. You get desperate, here's how you cook a Pikachu. There is absolutely in the Pokemon world a like joy of cooking equivalent for like with sections <laughs> on Magikarp, on Poliwag. Like Poliwhirl legs are definitely a delicacy in Pokemon France. Oh, no doubt. But we'll- You mean uh, Kalos? Yep, so I will have to actually uh, rethink my Mon Appetit for the future episode with Poliwag and Poliwhirl. But for now, folks, I think that's a wrap for this week's episode. Yeah, we got through it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I may have killed Darling's spirit, but I have not yet killed Darling's body. Watch out for another episode if he manages to survive next week's Mon Mom. So next week, we're going to be focusing on the poisonous rabbits. We're back in poison territory. Maybe they're mice, maybe they're dogs. I have no idea what a, what they're supposed to be. Those meter rams are confusing as hell. The ears have always said rabbit. Uh, that's true. So... So we're going through the Nidoran dual gender family trees um, for next week. So join us next week. I'm Inada Blue. And I'm still Michael Darling. All right. Thanks for being here.